Save the date, PsyCon is returning to Las Vegas for 2017. Today, you turned on your computer or your phone and Facebook told you that vaccines are an evil government plot. Twitter told you the sun is revolving around a flat earth. And the House Science Committee told you that climate change is nothing to worry about. Meanwhile, up is down, true is false, Oceania has always been at war with East Asia, and dogs and cats may in fact be living together. Enough already. It's time once again for the forces of reason and science to come together. Time for critical thinkers to connect, learn from each other and sharpen their skills. Time for the leading lights of skepticism to share their wisdom and rally the troops. It's time for PsyCon 2017 back in Las Vegas. October the 26th to the 29th, join luminaries such as James the Amazing Randy, Richard Dawkins, Eugenie Scott, The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, Susan Gerbeck, Harriet Hall, Richard Wiseman, Carrie Poppy, Joe Nickel, and many, many more. The Master of Ceremonies is none other than George Harab. For the biggest Skeptics event of the year, returning triumphantly to the Excalibur Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, the City of Illusions, PsyCon 2017 will be packed with fascinating talks and presentations, dazzling entertainment and fun social events with fellow skeptics. This October, get away from fake news and conspiracy theories filling up your news feeds at PsyCon 2017, your alternative to alternative facts. For more information, visit www.csiconference.org. so clean, Mr. Lee? Ancient Chinese secret. My husband, some hotshot. Here's his ancient Chinese secret. Calgon. Calgon's two water softeners soften wash water so detergents clean better. In hardest water, Calgon helps detergents get laundry up to 30% cleaner. We need more Calgon. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Calgon helps detergents get laundry up to 30% cleaner. You know, the Liebitz finding really was groundbreaking. And I want to talk about it a little bit more. It is difficult to identify exactly when a person becomes aware of his action. Some findings indicate that awareness comes after actions have already begun in the brain. Now, I'm reading this from Wikipedia. And... Uh, on timing intentions compared to actions. A study by Masao Masuhashi and Mark Hallett, published in 2008, claims to have reclaimed Leibitz's findings without relying on subjective report or clock memorization on the part of participants. The authors believe that their method can identify the time, T, at which a subject becomes aware of his own movement. Matsuhashi and Hallett argue that this time only varies, but often occurs after early phases of movement genesis have already begun, 
as measured by the readiness potential. They conclude that a person's awareness cannot be the cause of, mo of movement and may instead only notice the movement. Now this is huge. If you don't understand how this is huge, then you really need to uh, meditate on this uh, a bit more. Look into it, read into it, because this is huge. All right, Integrity Radio. Z here, timing is everything. And I'm going to go back into the archives about a whole month or less. I think a lot of what um, we've been talking about over the past month really needs to be reiterated um, at this particular point. Integrity Radio. I love how people put so much weight on civilization. We haven't even attained it yet, but I mean, we're way better off than we've been. I think that people's definition of civilization is wrong. Civilization implies civil, being civil. Yeah, yeah. And passive-aggressive... Uh, Passive aggressiveness is not a is not a civility. You know, no. just being being nice while you're being a fucking dick or an asshole or being a non-thinking individual, but being a nice non-thinking individual. That's uh, that's not civilized. That's not truly civilized. Now no. it's civilized at the face, but not at the core. Yeah. My guess is that if you yell. And you show anger and express anger that this is being misconstrued as not being civilized. I think to some people, yes. Yeah. Or even if you speak the truth. Yes, if the truth goes against the, the whatever, status whatever quo. they believe, right? Yeah. The status quo, yeah. yes. Yeah. That's why I think popularity is the issue or is an issue because popularity is what gets everybody on board. Yeah, they want to be like the popular person, whatever yeah. that may be. Yeah. And so we've gotten really good at becoming popular, but not so good at being correct, at being right. And then as soon as you start saying the words right and correct, you start getting this philosophical bullshit argument of who's right and who's correct for whom, you know, as if a punch in the face is different for each individual. Correct. And this is what I mean by diverting. I'll say something like that and they'll say, no, I know somebody that enjoys getting punched in the face. But it doesn't mean it's good for them either. Yeah, I mean, it, that's this kind of diversion that you get when, you, when you're trying to make a point and then somebody will just take that, take a little exception, because there's an exception to everything. Right. Just find the exception that deviates from the actual point and run with the fucking thing. All right, let me tell you something really quick about objectivity and subjectivity. 
right? Usually there's uh, three stances. They're more subjective or they're more objective or they're a little of both. It's not like you can get away with any of this bullshit. First of all, subjectivity is something you don't escape from. Objectivity is something that you strive towards from your subjectivity. It's not like it's a team, the subjective team, the objective team. Who do you vote for? You can't be anything but subjective. And then, hopefully, you will rise above your own subjectivity through objectivity. I got a question for you. What do you call subjectivity? Or rather, what do you call subjectivity when your views or perspective is confirmed uh, by the scientific method? It's a little riddle. You say what? It'll be... I would say it would be a... If it was proven? Yeah. Well, it would be a fact. So a proven subjective fact, a subjectivity proven would be called a fact. That's what you say. Well, you're almost right, but eh, time's over. No, subjectivity that's proven as fact is called objectivity. <laughs> Any arguments? No, you'd have to explain what you mean first. You know, objectivity and subjectivity have been bastardized and are now very hard words to use. A lot like, just like the words theory and hypothesis have been hijacked and convoluted to the point where you really don't understand what those words anymore, what those words mean. All right, Integrity Radio. The only thing that is perfect is death. I had posted fragility is not sensitivity about a month ago. I always felt that that particular segment needed a little bit more explanation. And uh, I was talking with Terrence earlier because he was doing the emotional intelligence uh, test uh, like all of us here are doing or have done or are about to do. And we stumbled on something that I thought was interesting. Do you remember what it was? The, like first you have to figure out, are you being fragile or are you fragile or are you being sensitive? That's the first thing you have to figure out, which is, and don't confuse the two, right? Yeah. And then it, we, we stumbled on this thing. I, I don't think we're coming at it at all the angles I'd like to, but what the hell. Um, but the idea is that if someone is fragile, it's uh, perhaps impossible to be sensitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Logistically, you can't be sensitive to someone that's fragile. We may need to go into that more. Yeah. <laughs> and if you know that you're being fragile, then you can s- start becoming strong, right? You can then uh, apply sensitivity yourself, understand your own, you know, where you need to be sensitive regarding yourself, and build yourself up uh, somehow from your fragility. That's not an idea of 
trying to go from fragility to sensitivity. Yeah. Two different topics, right? I think we're both going to have to agree to return to this topic. Yeah. All right. Integrity Radio. Out. (laughs) I empathize with people's sensitivities, but not their fragilities. Hey, Bill, see, you used to have a t-shirt. Remember that t-shirt? Um, which one? I used to have a lot of t-shirts. Yeah, I know. There's one t-shirt in particular that used the to bother. The anything is possible. Oh, yeah, you remember that. Oh. The anything is possible t-shirt. Well, you know, I actually broadcasted that t-shirt. Nice. I did. and uh, But what what happened? I threw it out. You threw it out? Yeah. Had a lot of holes in it. So it became a holy shirt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so so you didn't throw it out because you didn't like it anymore. You just threw it out because it had some holes in it. So, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, see, in the show, I had said that if you had gotten rid of it, you know, for that purpose, like, you know, you realize that I would have to, I would owe you a new shirt. But since... You just threw it out because it was holy. Well, then I think it just had its life. It lived this life. Yeah. But if I find that nothing is impossible, if I find a t-shirt, nothing is is impossible. Uh, your size, I'll get it for you. All right. If I get, if I find it in my size, I'll get it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Integrity Radio. My youngest kid has a t-shirt that says, nothing is impossible. It drives me nuts. I, I want to take it from him. I want to throw him away, but I can't do it. I got to let him have a t-shirt. But I want to find a t-shirt or make a t-shirt for him that says, nothing is impossible. See, it sounds like the same thing, but it isn't. And I think that really encompasses sort of me, my perspective. Sounds like I'm saying the same thing, but I'm not. Nothing is impossible. Ask Lawrence Krauss. Integrity Radio. Well, we just got back from Fleetwoods. If you don't know, Fleetwoods is a... uh, what is it, a restaurant bar? Restaurant bar on Front Street. In Lahaina, here in Lahaina. And um, and we had a special treat because Willie Kay was actually playing along with Mick Fleetwood and um, some, some other wonderful players. Mm-hmm. The House Shakers. The House Shakers, yes. <laughs> And uh, Fleetwood's has been open for a few years now. And, um, man, what an amazing show. I mean, I used to play with Willie Kay about 20 years ago at the Sugar Bar um, in in uh, Wailua. And, boy, has he gotten good. I, I think he's always been good, but, man, he's... He's great now. Oh, yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, he is just great. Amazing voice quality, amazing guitar playing, amazing electric guitar playing. And, uh, yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you, honey. Mm, thank you. 
Yeah, that was a that was a treat, and I really didn't expect anything. I kind of, oh yeah, uh, my expectations were very low. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what a what a treat. I mean, to go out and hear live music and to be impressed and moved um, is a is a great feat because um, I'm pretty I'm pretty burnt out on. You're pretty hard to impress. Yeah, I'm pretty burnt out on live bands and playing and bars and stuff like that. So, yeah. So anyway, I'll put a link up to. We got a picture with Uncle Willie K, and uh, I'll put a link up in the uh, title. And uh, that's it for today, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, we haven't really been doing a lot of anchor stuff, but uh, we're in vacation mode. Yeah, it is vacation mode, but well, at least we're sharing our Willie K with them, huh? Uh-huh. All right, <laughs> Integrity Radio. You're listening to Integrity Radio. Learn self-correction at www.cfuzi.com. Listen to original music at soundcloud.com slash music for dogs. You can also follow Sifu underscore Z on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash sifu underscore z. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more here on Integrity Radio.